stink nuggets. Smell the stink nuggets. <laughs> uh, Welcome back, everyone, to the Movie Blues Podcast. I am Dan Lyons. I'm, I'm Dan Enden. And um, we are here in the fantastic uh, Movie Blues Podcast studio once again to bring you quality content, uh, exploring some movies, especially today, that no one has seen. Yeah, the new and improved <laughs> Movie Blues Podcast studio. Um, so yeah, um, sit back and enjoy uh, us describing something that you will never watch. I, I, I didn't mean it. I can feel this in my plums. Yeah, theme song by Chris Garanda. That's a Tetra Cube for short. I, I paid for this too, so it wasn't cheap. <laughs> yeah, boy. I'm super feeling this new mic setup because I can set it up so that I don't have to see you at all. So I feel like mm-hmm. the uh, amount of times that I'm going to spit my water out is going to diminish dramatically. <laughs> oh, we'll see about that <laughs> because today we're going to be using our brand new Movie Blues soundboard. Um, no more post-processing effects and... Uh, twisting the truth uh, with sound effects to make my points. I'll do it live, goddammit, and in person, right in front of you. So, welcome to the new and improved Movie Blues Podcast, baby! <laughs> yeah, see, I was about to do that with my mouth, and now I don't have to. <laughs> That's what she said! Right. Double kill! I'm, I'm, I'm gonna need you <laughs> to use some restraint. Got with it. The soundboard. Um... So today we're going to be <laughs> watching, uh, discussing a 2004 mockumentary um, directed and written by Zach Penn. Um, yeah. A name you should get very familiar with. Um, <laughs> he uh, is the hero of this masterpiece. Now, Zach Penn 15. I would say that a good move for anybody who wants to listen to this episode would to be to go back to last season and listen to... Our season finale, which was The Buried Secrets of M. Night Shyamalan, um, which was a mockumentary that uh, supposed that M. Night actually was a shaman who had powers. It was a marketing tool slash Blair Witch-esque twisting of the truth through marketing in the terms of trying to make it seem as if it were real. Um, it was not real. <laughs> it was the furthest thing from real. Um, and today, uh, the movie Incident at Loch Ness is kind of the same deal. Yeah, it is bewildering to me that you managed to find another movie that is exactly the same degree of just ego failure um this is uh as dan just mentioned an ego fail um in the movie blues podcast we thrive like vampires of the night off of uh people really putting themselves out there and completely failing at their job um (laughs) that's putting the blues in movie booze baby and um really it's a matter of um us liking to watch some of the best artists of all time take a spill and and fucking destroy themselves um in the case of this and buried secrets of m night Shyamalan, these are things that i don't think a lot of people have seen yeah Um, very rare for both now when i worked at blockbuster in the in the ye or days of 2004 which is right around when this movie came out um I saw this movie on the shelves and was like really into it. Um, really? This was a hot ticket item, huh? For me it was because as I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, um, there's like a, a critical lack of like sea monster content in general. <laughs> um, I had no idea who Werner Herzog was. Um, I, not, a, not a Grizzly Man fan, I think. <laughs> I am, but and, you know, I hadn't seen it until later on. And... Um, so I never really got around to it. I always saw the cover and was like, I should check this out. I read the reviews. They were very mixed. Um, my boy Roger Ebert said that it was fantastic. So kind of felt like that was probably not true. <laughs> In his later career, uh, Mr. Ebert, like when he said something, usually I would assume the opposite were true. Yeah. Um, I mean... It's it's really like in his later career, it's just whichever director was either his friend or paid him the most. Right. 
Um, so, um, the bottom line is that I just got around to watching this one. Uh, it was for sale uh, in the Apple Movie Digital Store um, about two months after we had recorded the M. Night episode. And um, Think about all the money they left on the table by putting this on sale. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so I watched it and I didn't take any notes and the entire time that I watched it. And this was at this point, like maybe four or five months ago. Um, the whole time I was like, I should be taking notes. I should be taking notes. I should be taking notes. Um, and, uh, here we are having now watched it again. Um, before we talk about this though, I just want to let our user base into a little bit of the behind the curtain. I mean, Um, should we let them know how they can, how they too can watch it? Like, how did you... Well, I watch it this time. I, I, like I said, I bought it on sale from the okay. Apple Digital Store. Um, okay, I don't know how that works. So you, you, you own the. You would have to you rent need. it. It yeah. wasn't even on my torrent site. No, I rented it. I paid three ninety nine to Jeffrey Bezos. Right. And uh, money, money spent. And for anybody that's been following kind of the through line of this podcast, um, they'll know that we've had some technical issues lately. Uh, we lost an entire episode uh, that was Armageddon, and we also lost the entire episode of The Buried Secrets of M. Night Shyamalan, which we then re-recorded in a less appealing format to try to get all of our notes and make it worth it, because it was the season finale. It wasn't. Um, and uh, <laughs> and um, so that's led us um, to kind of changing our technology around. Um, and when it comes to, like, um, this movie... Um, yeah, I had absolutely no notes. Um, I mean, thank- thankfully, this movie, we don't have to deal with a shaman who handles everything through interfering with electronics. Oh, yeah, so 100%. We're, we're, we're not at risk for this one to be lost either way. Um, but before we watched this movie, I had to watch half of about six other movies to get to this point because I think that I've changed my idea about why this kind of thing happens. It used to be, in my mind, like, oh, I'm just sick of doing the podcast, I'm sick of doing bad movies, I'm sick of this, I'm sick of that. I don't really think that's it so much as my standards have risen when it comes to what I find acceptable to do a podcast about. So like in baseball, there's something called the Mendoza line. Okay. Named after Mario Mendoza, which is basically like if your batting average is 200 or above. So Mario Mendoza was someone who was so good at shortstop that it was okay and he was able to maintain a major league career while batting a career line of 200, which is, for anyone else, for the most part, very bad. Mm. So generally, if anyone dips below 200, the understanding is, statistically, they are not worth keeping on a major league team. So, like, my, my point is that Little Italy really fucking rose our Mendoza line dramatically. <laughs> and I've illustrated such a line to you recently. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it, it's like the Little Italy line. So basically, I watched a bunch of other movies. I watched half of Ed, where uh, Matt LeBlanc um, uh, like adopts a chimp who... So you're saying Ed wasn't potable? Ed is potable, but I just didn't feel like I was ready yet. I think that we're <laughs> going to get there, because honestly, for you especially, like Ed is going to be appealing because baseball. it's so much about baseball. Yeah. And it's like we've never done a sports movie, I don't think, period. So for it to be a baseball movie is good. I think we'll get around to that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted something that was really going to spice me up. So what we tried to do and what we had proposed last time was to do um, Michael Douglas's uh, Don't Say a Word. I'll never tell. My name is Michael Douglas. I'm an actor. And what ended up happening with that is I watched half of it and it was fucking terrible. <laughs> it was like not terrible in any of the ways that I needed it to be. Um, it only had one scene that even remotely appealed to me. It opened up with Michael Douglas. He's a um, psychiatrist, and he's having this bizarre conversation with one of his patients who got caught masturbating. Um, and his, this student um, was stealing panties and then masturbating to them. I don't know why this was in this movie, and if only the rest of the movie had the level of insanity that this did, it unfortunately did not. Do you but- for real not have a... And I'll never tell sample. No, I mean, I did, but what do you, I'm not going to use it. I mean, we're not doing the movie. I just have, like, the best parts of Michael Douglas's speech from the movie. I mean, your best friends do it. Uh, the mailman does it. The science was even the headmaster. They all whack off. <laughs> You're going to tell me that movie was not potable? 
My name is Michael Douglas. <laughs> um, yeah, it was not. Um, but I will say that Brittany Murphy actually turns in a really good performance in it, and it as always was. Um, That's it, King of the Hill, Brit- King of the Hills, Brittany Murphy. It was like semi-appealing. Okay. I don't get the reference. I've never seen King of the, King of the Hill, but um, uh, yeah, I'm sure she's in it. She um, is. She's like she uh, plays Luann. Between that and. Um, Eight mile. I wanted to say eight and a half mile. Shit, rabbit. <laughs> um, between that and eight and a half mile, uh, she was like the queen of white. <laughs> <laughs> she was like the queen of white trash cinema for a moment, you know. Yeah, that uh, the scene where uh, Eminem is having sex with Britney Murphy against the wall mm-hmm. when I was a kid, that did a lot for me. Um, and with that, <laughs> um, we're going to get into talking about um, the incident at Loch Ness. However, before we hit the shores of wherever the fuck the monster lives, um, we're going to do a new segment um, that I'm going to try to do up front on every episode where um, I think uh, we determined the name was going to be 30 seconds longer than we're used to. Or is it last 30 seconds 30 longer? seconds longer than usual. <laughs> 30 seconds longer than usual. A new segment in which we spend 60 seconds <laughs> describing uh, things in our life uh, and or movies we're watching and or television, cinema, books, comic books, beyond, um, or just complain about the government and do things like that. Um, whatever you want to do. But the bottom line is you only have one minute to do it. And when, when the music is over, that is when your time will be over to discuss things that you actually want to talk about. Dan, would you like to start? Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course, it's the Jeopardy music. <laughs> um, I, I've watched a ton of The Amazing Race. It's horrible. <laughs> Don't watch that. Um, I've started watching This Is Us again. It's great. Watch that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. That's a, podcast comes the patron circle. saint of the Movie Blues podcast. Um, I've been watching Letter Kenny. It's in, it's it's incredible. You should watch it, Dan. Um, really, those are the only three things I've been watching. I've been watching movies for the podcast. They're all terrible. Um, and Eve Six is coming out with a new album. <laughs> Shout out. Look, I didn't even need the whole 60 seconds like usual. <laughs> Dude, 60 seconds is a long time. <laughs> Dan has abandoned his 60 seconds. I, I cede my remaining seconds to the other senator. <laughs> Dan, good job. <laughs> good job making that one work out. That was good. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, yeah, like I didn't. I didn't. I haven't been watching anything. You really sped through the amazing race part. Okay, so um, I've watched uh, The Conjuring Three with Rachel. She had not seen the first two. It was really enjoyable. I was kind of shocked at that for some reason. Um, yeah, don't you hate the first one? Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of either Conjuring One or Two, but this one just like felt felt like a good movie and was entertaining. And I got to watch it like from the safety of my own home, which I'm I always appreciate. I'm impressed by you always watching sequels to movies that you don't like. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm a franchise aficionado. Yeah. Um, and um, then we watched uh, Quiet Place 2 in theaters, which was really bad, really boring, extremely dull, super repetitive. I and understand that there's baseball in that movie, though. There's about a minute and a half of baseball. Woo! baseball up, and it's up top, so you could have gone and then easily, immediately gone to sleep afterwards. So that would have been great. Fantastic. Um, and uh, other than that... Um, I uh, have been. I just finished up the audiobook for Ready Player One or Ready Player Two. That was very good. I recommend that. Dan hates reading. And that's it. Um, okay, well, thanks for uh, participating in that to the best of your ability. Um, and uh, next time, y- you know, come fully loaded. Complain about the city of Philadelphia or maybe any pending lawsuits you have against them. Whatever you want to do, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Dan and welcome to the Movie Blues podcast. I've prepared for you today a plate of yucca. <laughs> it is a toxic, semi-poisonous plant from Mexico. It's pretty good. I'm Werner Herzog, famed director, and podcasts are like the wind. They blow in, they blow out, without any cause for concern. Well, 
Of course, as, as I'm sure you know, and you made clear in this film, it is an honor to meet you, Werner. Don't and eat the yucca, it's still poisonous. In, in, in respect to you, <laughs> despite it being nearly noon on Saturday, <laughs> we chose to not consume our sponsor product, Seagram's Escapes, this week. Instead, to honor your presence, I'm consuming the official Movie Blue smoothie. And uh, I thought that would be more in line with your taste since Thank you, you've Dan. had such an aversion to, be to alcoholic beverages in this film. I really appreciate you keeping my feelings in check. However, the show is still sponsored by Seagram's Escapes. Seagram's Escapes. Sip happiness. Thank you, announcer girl. You've done a very good job at making Seagram seem like a drink that touches the soul. Dan, what do you think? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone, back to the Movie Blues podcast. Um, we are now going to start reviewing The Incident at Loch Ness, a film uh, by Zach Penn. The fucking accident at Loch Ness. Let's, <laughs> let's first talk about Zach Penn, shall we? Yeah. Zach Penn is the Nathaniel of this piece, unequivocally. Um, Somehow manages to come off as just, like, a bigger chode. Yeah. Than Nathaniel. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he literally tries to kill someone in this movie. <laughs> in this movie. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, now, here's what you have to picture, right? Um, uh, Zach Penn, um, who is a bald, fat man who is very successful in Hollywood, uh, decided to make a movie with his friend Werner Herzog. And Werner Herzog. The two of them decided to make a faux documentary or a mockumentary about chasing the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, it's, it's a documentary about them making a documentary about themselves chasing the yes. Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> um, it is uh, three movies inside of one movie. One movie is Werner Herzog trying to make a serious, contemplative, meditative piece on why people believe in myths and the Loch Ness Monster because nothing's ever easy with Werner Herzog. Right. The second movie is Zach Penn, um, co-writer of the film Elektra, um, <laughs> attempting to uh, exploit um, the boat and the tools that they've been given for the film to make a cheesy, like, monster hunting-esque, like, reality TV show yeah, type like, like a Discovery Channel-esque fucking romp about the fucking weird environment and it's it's just hacky bullshit it is in fact hacky bullshit and the third movie that is being made is a documentary on the life and work of Werner Herzog which only happened to begin right before he started working on the Nessie movie so now we have three movies at play um two of which are at odds with each other because zach penn a complete hack is trying to make like a blockbuster hollywood documentary about a monster and Werner herzog is like what is a monster where does it come from in our heart and that's like his angle <laughs> um, um and and it's just madness um there's like it, it, it's almost hard to pick apart like where we should start here but i do want to break the movie into some specific sections yeah. Um, the first part of this movie, I would say, is called The Dinner Party. Um, even though this movie is broken down into chapters, I do feel as if this is a huge chunk of the movie that needs to first be discussed up front. Um, I want to say first that this is a dinner party that I would actively let someone remove several of my fingers <laughs> and toes to attend. Right. In attendance at this party, we have, obviously... Werner Herzog, it's his house, um, even though, little background information, that is Zach Penn's house in the scene, in real life. Wow, Zach Penn's fucking doing well for himself Zach with Penn that is... Electra money. <laughs> yes. Zach Penn is there, um, thank God, because I would love to be at a party with Zach Penn so I could just slap him around. <laughs> and um, uh, So um, that is not all. Also in attendance at this party um, is Ricky Jay. Are you familiar with my man, Ricky Jay? No. Ricky Jay is kind of the fat, bald old guy who's doing the um, magic tricks with okay, cards. Yeah. Um, he's in Boogie Nights. He's in hundreds of films. Um, he's almost always kind of like a guest uh, cameo, if you right. will, in movies. Reason being, he is one of the best magicians and magic historians of all time. The man is, I think he just passed away this year, actually. The man is an absolute legend. And anyone who wants to go down a great rabbit hole to see not only one of the biggest... Uh, linchpins in in cinema in the cinema community of Hollywood, but just one of the best magicians of all time, and one of the most least expected magicians. Like, look at Chris Angel 
You know what I mean? Yeah, he was right. like a male model, yeah. probably huge cock. And then Ricky <laughs> Jay is so much better at magic than Understated. him. Understated. And, and looks like a, like a car salesman. Well, um, uh, rest in peace, Ricky Jay. Good job making yourself disappear. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that was a good one, Dan. Um, and um, so the movie kicks off with a dinner party. Also in attendance is uh, Jeff Goldblum. Um, Hell yeah, it is. Um, uh, chaotician. Uh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum, n- neither playing piano nor wearing a smart suit in this movie. Uh, no, not for me. Also in attendance is Werner Herzog's super hot nymph wife, um, who looks like she is 45 years younger than him. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> from from Russia. <laughs> yeah, she's from Russia. And, um, uh, you know, the, the party kicks off. And, you know, for me, seeing like Ricky Jay and Jeff Goldblum and Werner Herzog in the same frame of cinema is like what you must feel like when you hear that Eve six announced a new record or like when you see like the lead singer of some 41 standing next to Fiona Apple or something, it's yeah, like a right. cosmic coincidence. I know when you said that this is a dinner party, you would cut off your fingers to attend. I'm like, there's Jeff Goldblum and Werner Herzog and a bunch of pieces of shit. <laughs> I would do anything for a podcast that is Werner Herzog <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum. I would forego all other media in my life. If that were an option. Um, cool. I, uh, we were talking about the needing to temper the Herzog impressions because of it being a Ralph Garman thing, and I went back through my memory banks, and it's not. It turns out nice. it's a Smodcast thing. Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. It's your boy K. Smith. No. For no. like years was doing a Werner Herzog impression. Kevin Smith himself. Yeah. Well, mine is on, on the reg. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to have to hear You that should get one. some samples of it. Um, other things I like about uh, this opening di- uh, dinner party is that it really exposes, and the movie does this many times, like parts of Werner Herzog's personality that are not attractive. Um, for example, um, the DP, who is actually the DP of Blade Two and all the movies that right. he mentioned, and is a, a prominent character in this yeah, movie. The only black character in this movie. Uh, no, this oh, no, that was the, the sound This mixer, is the Mexican sorry. one. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, uh, th- when this Mexican guy shows up, he's like Guillermo del Toro's DP. Um, the first thing that Werner Herzog says to him when he walks in his house, he goes, you must be the Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. This, mo- this movie is a bunch of true artists and Zach Penn just like jerking off Werner Herzog. <laughs> and Zach Penn. <laughs> um, he goes, you must be the Mexican. And the, D- and the DP walks in and he goes, uh, yes, Mr. Herzog. Um, my name is actually Gabby. Yeah. And, and and Werner Herzog looks at him and he goes, I would feel more comfortable if I called you Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't even have your own name around Werner Herzog. I, I was so sure when we started this that, like, Werner Herzog would have the self-awareness to not triple down on his own bullshit <laughs> the way that M. Night did in the M. Night movie. Right. And within five minutes of this movie, you're presented with a shot in which various artists are just, like, sucking his dick over his past work. Being like, oh, I was a big fan of Fitzgeraldo. And like Werner Herzog is just so dismissive of him. He's like, so dismissive. He, he totally and this is a DP who is a, a legend. Yeah, he's like, he's like, what, what? First of all, let me set it up a little better. He's like, Werner, I just wanted to tell you that Fitzgeraldo changed my life, yeah. set me on a different path. And Werner Herzog. He, he goes, which movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Werner Herzog just goes, this is not the time to talk about movies. Come on. <laughs> It's like, bro, what? Yeah, like, you right. what? Really? This is literally a, a dinner party about a movie yeah. you're going to make. And then it cuts to Zach Penn talking to the camera being like, I mean, this is a true Herzogian moment. Oh, my God. That made me sick to my yeah, stomach. Yeah. I was just like, fuck. This is worse than the M. Night movie. At times, yes. I will give you <laughs> the dick sucking in this is like profound. Yeah. Have, um, you, have you seen Fitzcarraldo? Yes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite shit movies. fucking rips. That's a great movie. Yeah. I did think it was a little puzzling, though, that when they were talking about it, they were like, um, oh, like, you know, like, uh, Werner's known for doing dangerous shoots and blah, 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 like when he had to do Fitzcarraldo. And then they cut to the only shot from Fitzcarraldo that was a miniature. Right. And I was yeah, like, yeah. is this a joke? Is that a joke? I don't know. I think it probably was a joke. It maybe was. Amazon described the description, described this movie as hilarious. I found this movie to be extremely self-aware, whereas the M. Night movie was not yeah. at all, at all. Like, now, this movie wasn't self-aware, like... But comparatively, yeah, yeah, totally. it had so much more prescience about what, how ridiculous the thing that they yeah. were doing was. Um, and there was, the only time I laughed out loud was there was an absolutely fire Fitzcarraldo joke, like, in the third act. 
Which one was that? Um, him and Zach Penn. By by the throughout the movie, you're watching Werner and Zach Penn's at odds concepts come to a head, and they're just really fucking hating each other. It's getting really brutal, and Werner's being a bully, and Zach's being a piece of shit. And at one point, um, the boat like breaks down or something, and Werner's just like storming away, all angry. <laughs> and Zach Penn's like. <laughs> He's like, it's not that big. Like he mutters under his breath, like, it's not, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. not that big a deal. We don't, it's not like we have to drag the boat over a fucking hill or something. And he's like, what did you say? <laughs> he's like, nothing. Zach, what did you say? <laughs> um, and um, another thing I want to mention about the dinner party is the yucca thing. So I've been talking about this with Dan for a while. So when the guests walk in, well, before the guests even walk in, we're watching Werner uh, prep a vegetable that looks like a like an elephant's cock. And it's it's yeah. disgusting it's, looking. It's a yucca. And he is like the way that he is talking about the yucca is in in such a way that you think he's done this a thousand times. He's right. like, this is when we prepare yucca. It's a very delicate situation. You have to cut in a certain way so it doesn't become toxic. And he goes through this whole thing, right? So then the Mexican DP shows up, and Werner's trying to figure out if the yucca has become toxic or not so he turns to the dp right he walks in everyone's at this long dinner table everyone's being very civil and everyone stops talking Werner literally leans over this mexican man who he has just met yeah and goes would you like to be the one to try the yucca and see if it's still poisonous and the guy's like uh, yes of course Werner." and he's like you would know <laughs> What kind of, what, like, I know. because you're Mexican, yes. you would know, and he does. Yeah, of course he To does. be fair. Yeah. But it felt wrong. It is I'm wrong. I'm going to say, yeah, oh, it is wrong. Yeah, it's undoubtedly then, wrong. Then my brain started, Dan, and I was like, oh, God, wait, wait, wait. I've been tricked this whole time about the yucca. It's not what I thought it was, because at first it's pitched to you like, I'm Werner Herzog, I eat yucca every day, <laughs> respecting the roots of the Latinx community, and it's not that at all. What it really is, is that... He was anticipating a Mexican to be in his house, right. so he went out and sought the cultural dish. Right. Um, and then he proceeds to present it, cook it wrong, and, like, put it all on the Mexican guy. Yeah, and his little speech when he comes out, he's just like, it's not my best work. It's like, dude, you've clearly never prepared yucca <laughs> once in your done life. this in your life. <laughs> he's like, but it should still be tasty. <laughs> you would know. <laughs> It's like if I went over someone's house and they like brought out one latka and they were like, <laughs> they're like, honestly, this might be still raw, but uh, you're a Jew. So is this any good? Yeah. And by the way, I made it because I knew a Jew would be in my house. Yeah, right. Um, it just didn't feel good. Um, And then uh, honestly, in, in one of the. <laughs> he's like serving corn. He's like, <laughs> he's like, would you, would you like to try out my maze? <laughs> why at, why at the end of that sample does it sound like the commercial from muzzy because you hear another guy start talking he's like, <laughs> remember that shit muzzy yes muzzy yeah like a furry creature yeah, children's that, tapes yeah that like teaches you other languages yeah, that, i'm a little scared about what that was all about <laughs> i'm <laughs> now thinking back on it and i don't feel great about it yeah. be we should we should do muzz, an episode of muzzy for the podcast just an episode of muzzy <laughs> That'll get that'll get him going. That'll get us the big numbers. Um. So, uh, the long and short of it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think Dan was fully ready for us to have sound effects, guys. <laughs> um. Dan, I I need you to uh, uh to really get a hold of yourself. This is an important time. Okay. Fuck you. Tricky time. Gobble, gobble, Dan. Um. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, so the dinner party, um, they set up kind of the idea that Werner's going to be mounting this expedition, quote unquote, to uh, Loch Ness to go looking for the monster. Again, his interests are more in it being a myth. Zach Penn is already figuring out any way he can to make his like blockbuster like garbage movie on the side. Yeah. Um, and in a stunning moment where like this is like an example of why this is so much better than the M. Night movie. Um, at the end of the dinner party, they 
the door opens and Crispin Glover walks in. <laughs> and the man does not say a word. He no. doesn't even have a line. No. They just pan to Crispin Glover and everyone's like, Crispin! And he's like wearing like, it looks like he came off the set of like a night of like a Tim Burton movie. He's wearing like a black suit. He look his hair's all slick back weird. So it's 2004. So what was he probably filming Willard? Willard. Was that the rat movie? Yeah. I love that Fire movie. movie. Uh, and I think so, because he looks like Did he, you ever see the original? He looks exactly like he does in Willard in that in that one shot. Did you ever see the original no, one? Oh, no. it is bomb. Hmm. Yeah. Never thought there was an original one. That's yeah. interesting. Are you, are you sure you're not thinking of Mouse Hunt? <laughs> <laughs> I am certain that I'm not thinking of Mouse Hunt. Um, um, so the yeah, original just... one's not called Willard. It was So Willard's like his name in the movie, but I forget what the mouse's name is, but the original one's named after the actual mouse. Like, right. that starts it all. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they pan to Crispin Glover. It's an amazing moment. And then they just cut. Yeah. Um, and they cut to, personally, this one of my... This movie needs more star power. <laughs> they cut to, personally, one of my favorite moments in, like, movie history, Was it the maybe. screenshot of Ain't It Cool News? No. Um, <laughs> the, my predator alert was on high. <laughs> um, when I saw that, I was not comfortable. Um, and, um, yeah, it's very triggering for me to see the front page of Ain't It Cool News. Yeah. It instantly dates whatever I'm watching completely. I have six notes, and one of them is shout-out AICN. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we pan to um, Werner Herzog um, putting a shaving razor together as he's packing his clothes. Now, this yeah. scene you never want to see a German man doing anything with a razor. <laughs> this scene went by for me the first time really fast, and I didn't really notice anything about it. This time it was like sumptuous feast for me. This scene. <laughs> so they cut to Werner Herzog, and he's putting together his razor. And in my mind, as a viewer, I'm thinking, um, "Wow!" And 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 think again about the M Night movie where there were 20 minute sections that could have been taken out of right. the movie, right? And so they cut to Werner Herzog putting a shaving razor together. So I'm like, okay, this is the footage that they needed to put into this movie to pad it out so it could even be feature length. But I think that they were smarter than that. And for that reason, um, as the, the camera pans up to Herzog, he looks at it and he goes, you shouldn't film such banalities. And, and Dan, this is what is so beautiful about Werner Herzog. He cannot leave anything alone right he can't just like right. make a statement and let it sit it has to be connected to his artistic brain yeah. his ego so he looks at the razor he goes and he looks at the camera and he's like um you shouldn't film such banalities and then he takes a beat and he looks right down the barrel of the camera and he goes but what is filmmaking but a series of banalities yeah. and a he's right and b Genius. Genius meta introspection on being in a reality movie. Yeah. My eyes were in the back of my fucking head at that moment. <laughs> and then cut to him in a store. I was like, you motherfucker store. to have the awareness and the insight like this and then still go through with making this movie. Like, <laughs> fucking fuck you. Um, and then we cut to him in a store buying a razor. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's like, this one would work better. Yeah. What's up? What's Zach Penn up to these days? Um, let me tell you a little bit about Zach Penn, um, at least his career, because this man, I would say, is an absolute legend. Okay. Another thing separating this from Neil um, and, or Nathaniel, Nathaniel sorry, and the uh, tragedy of um, M. Night Shyamalan the Wise. Um, and um, <laughs> Zach Penn uh, wrote the story for the film The Last Action Hero. He co-wrote the film PCU. Yo, Jeremy he, Piven, let's go. He script doctored and had revisions on Men in Black. Okay. He co-wrote Ants. <laughs> oh my God. With Woody Allen. All right, well, that's sus. Um, he co-wrote, and now here's another thing about this guy's career. He's like an NBCEU all-star in the terms, that, in in uh, the sense that he has made terrible movies. Not only terrible, but movies that have literally changed culture in how bad they were. Okay. Um, he co-wrote Inspector Gadget with, uh, with Matthew, Broderick. Matthew Broderick, which was not a good moment in history. Um, he's like an early 2000s icon. This yeah, guy. yeah. Um, he co-wrote Elektra, as I mentioned before. Um, he co-wrote X-Men 3, The Last Stand, which was a cultural moment in that it ruined the X-Men franchise almost completely and is considered the worst of the entire series. Um, I mean, until some of the later ones, but... Um, yeah, they're all stupid. He co-wrote The Incredible Hulk with which Edward one? Norton. Is, um, that, is that the Ang Lee one? No, with Edward Norton, okay. um, and which is a very famous... So that's just Hulk, right? No. no. Ang Lee is Hulk. Okay. Re uh, Edward Norton is Incredible Hulk. Right. And Incredible Hulk... Was... 
better. It was great. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. It was one of the first, it was the second Marvel movie in the MCEU. Um, and um, what was interesting about that is that was a very famous Hollywood story at the time that some dude had written the script for The Incredible Hulk, Zach Penn, okay. and then got into a situation where Edward Norton flipped shit on him. As and his said, tradition. Yeah, and said, I need to rewrite this entire movie using what you've got. Yeah, I've heard this. And that was a huge moment. And so, like, while this movie is fake and shows a moment in which Zach Penn ends up trying to actually murder Werner Herzog, <laughs> um, it also is reflective of the fact that this dude, whether it's Woody Allen, whether it's um, ruining X-Men, that he has been in situations where he's... Always the bridesmaid. Yes, that, but also, like, <laughs> he's, like, the linchpin to fucking shit up almost, too. Um, um, recently, he co-wrote with Ernest Cline, the original author, the script for Ready Player One, the Steven Spielberg film that both you and I enjoyed greatly. Really? Yes, that was co-written. It was just Ernie Cline and Zach Penn. Um, wow. And finally, uh, more I recent than that, that his next movie coming out, he co-wrote Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Why can't this motherfucker write a movie by himself? Um, he did. It's called The Incident at Loch Ness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was that, baby. His fucking love letter to Werner Herzog <laughs> in which he tries to kill him. Like, this dude has fucking deep-seated issues <laughs> with Werner Herzog. Um, and so, um, with that, uh, the journey begins. Um, they mount an expedition. It's kind of like a, a traumatic brain injury version of the Life Aquatic, if you want to picture where the movie heads yeah. to at this point. Yeah. Jumpsuits are introduced. Much fewer laughs. Uh, <laughs> um, um, and, uh, yeah, um, from this point, it becomes... Um, a back and forth between Werner and Zach Penn, who are butting heads the entire time over creatively what should be going on. Yeah, like, Zach Penn fucking yells, you're not yes-handing me. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would enjoy that. <laughs> um, and, and, and Werner's just like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> um, let's just get it straight. I don't understand your American idioms. In, in, in no world is Zach Penn portrayed as anything less than the biggest beta of all yeah. time in this movie um he is just i've never seen and keep nathaniel in mind keep anyone in mind i've never seen a real life person go as far as this man went in his own movie to completely tarnish his own yeah the fact that picture. he wrote this is bewildering it's like this dude for sure pays hookers to like step on his balls with high heels <laughs> um and uh He's just—I mean, the dude looks like—you um, know who he looks like uh, from California, Californication, Runkle. <laughs> yeah, guys, yeah. picture Runkle. Like this entire movie that's, is just uh, Runkle. That's uh, Sex in the City's Runkle. Sex in the City's Runkle. I don't think he was named Runkle in that. No, but. I forget. But he's—he's he's always just the hairless, fucking smooth, bald man in things of that nature. And then you know, as we go on, more things are revealed. I believe he <laughs> but, he marries Miranda in that movie. I don't know, Dan. I haven't or watched in Sex show? in the City. I've seen the movie. Oh, the, no, per, the first one's never good. Never seen the show. The show's great. Yeah, you think the show is great, huh? <laughs> is that one of your favorite shows? Um, I mean, I haven't watched it since high school, but I enjoyed it quite a bit then. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> thank you, Ice-T. And, um, uh, you know, the <laughs> I kind of checked out for this middle hour a little bit like as they're looking for the monster and recording things we meet the people in scotland like it's all kind of routine uh semi found footage <laughs> yeah. feeling set up to a horror it movie starts with, they're like all right all right we're in a uh let's get a shot of you introducing what we're doing here um and Werner does his typical shit he's in the camera he's like what is a monster if not what we all are within ourselves and like and then this other guy just jumps in he's like fuck yeah we're gonna fucking kill Nessie bitch <laughs> <laughs> and Werner's like I would really appreciate it if you don't come into my shot um what you're talking about is the zoologist <laughs> a man who's completely unprepared for anything mentally or physically in this trip um the funniest thing is they introduce the zoologist again like uh, as the movie goes on, you see so many parts of Werner Herzog's personality that are just disgusting. Um, <laughs> they introduce this guy who's obviously a complete idiot. Yeah. And he's like talking about how, um, no, here's how it goes. Werner has the camera on him and Werner goes, will you please try to d describe to me what the monster looks like? And he's like, 
Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's like a giant reptile, and it, you know, it's like bigger than a gator. And he, he doesn't even get through the sentence. Werner starts laughing at him. He's like, ha, 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 cut. No, yes, cut, please, cut. And like they cut the camera, and he's like, yes, let's move on. And they just leave this guy standing yeah. there. First of all, they set the shot up. Werner asked him to do it. Right. He said, describe to me the fucking animal. Yeah. The guy didn't even get through the first sentence. Werner's just like, ha, ha, ha. Lesser intelligence <laughs> amuses me. It is, a, it is just like a disease that spreads across the country. <laughs> this movie is just full of situations in which a lot of people put a lot of effort in putting shots together and Werner just refuse, refuses to film them yeah. or just purposely... <laughs> then we meet Zach Penn hires uh, like a borderline prostitute to come on the mission. Yeah, what was that? And pose as if she is a, a sonar operator. He does this because he thinks that the movie needs more production value. He does this because he feels as if yeah. they need to spice things She's up. She's in an American flag G-string. Yes. Now, I will say that this is meant to make um, Zach Penn look like a douche. Right. But I will also argue that by mistake, it makes Werner Herzog look like an even bigger asshole. Because when this girl shows up, now she's in her jumpsuit. She's not in the G-string bikini yet. Right. She shows up with a computer in hand, and Zach Penn says, hey, everyone, this is the sonar operator. Now, from a dramatic irony point of view, we know that this is just an actress that Zach Penn has hired. Yeah, she's, we a, know, she's a Playboy bunny. We know that that is what they are trying to get to you and it's very obvious the problem is that when they do it they immediately as you see this beautiful girl walking up to the boat cut to an um an in-camera interview later on with Werner Herzog talking about that moment and he just Im immediately just like doubles down on his own being a fucking dick he's like and then I saw the woman come up and she was too beautiful to be a sonar yeah, right? right it's like bro like <laughs> You could have just let this slide, had Zach Penn look like a douche, and waited until the G-string part to put in a commentary about, I don't think this is the sonar yeah, operator. Right. He does not believe no. that it's physically possible, right. without talking to the woman, anything, just no. seeing her. He's like, I do not think she's a real professional. It's like, <laughs> yeah. bro, you married like a 20-year-old. That you woman don't think did there not be a... go to college to operate the machinery. <laughs> um... That was offensive. Like this, there's, there's just so that many woman moments. Has the body of a high school dropout. <laughs> Beautiful women are like the enigma that is time. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just yeah. I uh, after watching this movie twice now, like feel as if Werner Herzog is like my grandfather, like <laughs> yeah. someone very close in my family that I need to like express a lot of love to and just feel really good about. Yeah, I mean we we didn't even talk about like his wife. They walk into this house and just sit just sit motionless against this window and Zach Penn's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, it's my wife. She's from Russia. It's stupid Russian superstition that any time we must embark upon a journey, we must sit to reflect upon our lives. And she's like, she's like, well, it, it is Russian. It's not a stupid superstition. It's just like, you know, like a tradition. And he's like, ha ha, silly Russian fairy tales. <laughs> I like that part. I thought that was cute. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, from here, Zach Penn tries to unravel the whole thing. I mean, even from the get-go, he makes the indigenous boat driver, um, the Scottish man who's agreed to take these psychopaths out onto the water to look for a monster. Um, he convinces them to switch the engine out of the boat because it's too loud with right. a small tugboat. Um, and then that unravels in a series of problems. Um, I think it's actually very funny that many times throughout this movie, Zach Penn does one thing and it ends up ruining something later down the line right like zach penn there's an ongoing thing that he is unnerved by the boat driver's radio uh that he has like just like a ham radio with the shore or whatever and um he keeps asking him to turn it off turn it off turn it off when push comes to shove and the monster does eventually show up spoiler alert yeah. um and they experience all these technical problems uh the first thing they do is run over to the radio and try to use it <laughs> and then they cut to zach penn and he's just like so I may or may not, I, it wasn't me. I'm not saying it was me, but I may have had the radio removed yeah. and the guts taken out because it was loud. And I think that like, not only is that a great way to explain away why they don't immediately have a radio in a horror movie situation, yeah, which right. for me is a huge thing. Like, how do you get rid of the cell phones? How do you do it tastefully so that it's not just like, for me, I prefer 
we just don't get service. That's right. what I like in a horror movie. Yeah. Whereas a lot of horror movies will go so far out of their way to be like, everyone's phone is on 1%. Like, da 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 It's just stupid. I, I was shocked to discover that the movie were, that we did last week handled that in a, in a mildly clever way. Right. Um, it is something that, like, I thought was creative about this movie that when it does shift into being a horror movie, which it does. I mean, and if you look at it from that early 2000s perspective of they pitched this movie completely like the Blair Witch Project, they made it seem through the media that they were actually making a Werner Herzog movie about the Loch Ness Monster and that an incident did occur. Um, And it went pretty far. It went, you know, for the time it went as far as like you know, Blair Witch and Cloverfield to the sense that people and reviewers were confused about whether this was a real thing, especially before it came out. I think after people understood it, but when it was leading you up mean to once it, they saw the giant prosthetic Loch Ness monster attack them and kill two people. <laughs> um, and that's when this movie kind of does what M night Shyamalan couldn't where this movie actually becomes a movie. Um, yeah. Cause this movie was made by, involved at least one artist. <laughs> As insane as he was. Um, and, um, yeah, then just imagine just like a, a great found footage movie from the early 2000s where we're seeing the monster, there's attacks happening. I should people... put on the record that I'm extremely hesitant to use the word great to describe anything in this movie. Fair enough. Um, we'll get to that in the rating section. And, um, uh, you know, people die. Um, <laughs> it becomes pretty serious. Um, Finally. No one who deserved to. Yeah, no one who deserved to. Um, Zach Penn deserved to be flayed alive. Yeah. Um, he ends up pulling a flare gun out on Werner Herzog and putting it directly in his face. It is unbelievable. <laughs> screaming at him to shoot a shot of a giant prosthetic um, fake Nessie yeah, that they, they have trailing the behind the boat. and money to build a little fucking toy Loch Ness monster to try to get a shot that looks like that classic photo of Nessie. And then the monster shows and up. And Werner's like, I will not shoot your stupid toys. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, this is childish. She's like, um, I am an artist filming a movie within a movie. We have no time for toys. Um, at one point, they cut to uh, an in-the-moment interview with um, Werner Herzog, and he says, If I was to survive this, I will find Zach Penn, hunt him down, and strangle him with my two hands. And I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> like your forefathers did to many. And like I said out loud while watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Is Zach um, Penn Jewish? Because if so, yes, that, yeah, uh, without a doubt, that line is. And I'm not going to look it up. His last name doesn't sound Jewish. I will put all of the money, all the items I have in my house, down on him being. Yeah, Jewish. he definitely has BJE. <laughs> Big Jew energy. Yeah. Oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I just want to say that you can, you know, you can do your best. Uh, we're heading towards ratings here to trash this movie, but I will tell you that this is a movie in which Werner Herzog is pointing a flare gun at the actual Loch Ness monster. <laughs> and and do what you will, Dan, to talk this one down to me. But that image of him in a wetsuit, fully extended, just like flare gun right to the monster. I mean that you can't. I mean that's worth uh, the four ninety nine it cost me to permanently own this movie on my digital library. I, uh, I enjoyed the way Zach Penn handled the deaths of his compatriots. <laughs> By being an absolute coward and filming, like, yeah. the dead bodies floating. And... Dude, these people are just, like, shaken to their fucking core. And the the Playboy bunny, or, sorry, Bun X, um, is just like... <laughs> it's just like, uh... <laughs> it cuts to her doing a confessional. She's just like, and, and we got it tat. And people around me are dead. There's bodies everywhere. And as they pull me out of the boat, that fucking asshole Zach Penn is just filming. <laughs> and it cuts to Zach Penn. He's like, he's like, yeah, listen. Sure, two people died today. But that's the cost of great art sometimes. Is that not the truth? <laughs> I don't think that's the truth. I mean, I'm sure how many people died when, when making Electra? Probably scores. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um... The movie ends with a bloodbath. <laughs> Several of the people drown, die, or are eaten by the Loch Ness monster. Um, and um, <laughs> we're left with a situation where um, Werner Herzog has confronted the beast, um, and the most ironic thing has happened. I don't know if you latched onto this thematically as I did. However, 
wasn't it amazing, Dan, that the entire purpose of the film was following, uh, was was as follows. It was Werner Herzog did not expect to see the Loch Ness Monster, nor did he want to. And he says at the end, even, um, you know, I, I don't know what to do now that I've seen the actual monster. It fucks up my whole plan, essentially. So Werner Herzog doesn't want to see the monster, ends up face-to-face fighting it. Whereas Zach Penn goes into the situation... All he wants to do is see the monster. All he wants to do is have a monster movie. All he wants to do is exploit the Loch Ness Monster, and he never sees it. Right. And they're attacked multiple times, and he they make a point to show every single time that Zach Penn never gets to see the Loch yeah. Ness Monster yeah. because this movie is in a constant state of cucking him, and it's yeah. fucking because amazing. He's, he's not worthy as the That's fo- so true. as the faux artist compared to the god that this movie presents Werner Herzog. To. Yes. That's such a good take, Dan. Thank you for completing that thought chain for me. You're so welcome. beautiful. You're welcome. That's what this is all Amateur about. film critics, baby. <laughs> Um, Check us out next week when we do Saw. <laughs> <laughs> that was last week. That's what I meant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, that brings us to the end. Um, a journey was had. Um, I would say this movie was a mix between The Buried Secrets of M. Night Shyamalan and The Last Dinosaur. If you were to take both of those <laughs> movies and smash them together, it would be very similar, something very similar to this. We and should have interviewed Joan about this movie. I know. I actually thought, like, time to reach out to Zach Penn, but then I looked up his IMDb, and he co-wrote The Avengers, so he's good. I, I, I don't... If Nathaniel isn't going to talk to us, <laughs> I don't think this guy is either. Except, so. here's the thing. Nathaniel wouldn't talk to us because he knew for sure that we were trying to cuck him because that movie's a piece of shit. Zach Penn seems like such a fucking goddamn narcissistic <sighs> egomaniac that he'd be like, oh, I would love to talk about that masterwork that yeah, I created I mean, in 2004. It's like the only movie he wrote and directed. So It's his bebe. It's his bebe. Maybe <laughs> he'd be more into it than that fucking... So hit up your uncle, see if he has Zach Penn's number. I'm sure he does because they're probably part of the same global pedophile <laughs> ring. <laughs> Shout out Stuart Lyons. <laughs> no. 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 Um, so, um, that's about it for today, Dan. I think we ought to assign this one some ratings. Now, this, I'm <laughs> not really sure how to rate a movie like this, but I do will say... Do we have say, the board? Do we, you know what we gave the buried secrets of the Aya Sisterhood? Um, no. Cool. That being said, um... I believe I gave it a zero. Yeah. Yes. Or no, I gave it a one for Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> The star power of that movie versus this one is so night and day. You know what I mean? For cameos, at least. I feel like it's about comparable. That you think ha- all those people equal one Johnny Depp? There was Johnny Depp and Adrian Brody. Oh, right. There's Adrian Brody. Over here, we got fucking Jeff Goldblum, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. <laughs> Ricky Jay, famous magician. Yeah, no, I guess that somehow the other movie had more star power <laughs> while looking like a fucking commercial. All right. Well, um, God, what a piece of shit that was. I uh, enjoyed this movie. Okay. I've enjoyed it both times. It's not, I would put it on par with like just an above average found footage movie from the period of time that it is from. And also it's full of just absolute legends. It's almost as if for me in the lens that I had to enjoy it through, it's like if you would have come to me and been like, you know, you enjoy found footage movies, Dan, and I would be like, yes. And then you would be like, would you like to see one that has the following people in it <laughs> and is about and will end up with Werner Herzog shooting the Loch Ness Monster with a flare gun? Right. And I would say, absolutely. Yeah. And if that is the premise, then this fulfilled it. Yeah, this is your fucking wheelhouse for sure. <laughs> I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10 on okay. the Golden Guns rating scale. What about you, Dan? Let us know your thoughts. Um, I found this movie exceptionally boring. <laughs> <laughs> just so so boring and self-indulgent and yes. greatly diminished I, I will my... agree that this movie was both of those things in spades and so just greatly diminished my respect for Werner Herzog <laughs> um it but by, by all means one should watch this a thousand times before they watch the varied secrets of M Night Shyamalan for yes. even one second. <laughs> I I really appreciated that this movie was exactly thirty four minutes shorter than the buried secrets of M Night Shyamalan. I told you, I told you that's one of the reasons why I picked. While it. having ten times more plot, sure, 
Um, there were no internet conspiracies about a Werder Herzog fan club. I appreciated that. I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm always happy to see Jeff Goldblum anywhere. Can we say, like, this was a more real yeah, this presentation was, of the this people. Movie the had, yeah, this the movie had, yeah. The only person who was out of character was Zach Penn. Like, Zach Penn, for sure, was playing a character. Yeah. And right. I read an interview with him about it where he very much played the character on purpose because of dealing with people in Hollywood who also treated him like that. Well, I mean, that's not really going to help you not get treated like that, bud. Yeah, I mean, Hollywood, if you're listening, abuse Zach Penn. (laughs) (laughs) Do to him what he has surely done to others. Make him feel pain. Dan, what would you give this movie out of 10? Like a five. Okay. And like, had I not seen The Buried Secrets of M. Night Shyamalan, it would probably be lower. But this movie definitely did what that movie was trying to do successfully. It was right. just ultimately like, I don't know how they made a movie where Werner Herzog fights a monster so fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, like any found footage movie at the time, they only had money to do roughly five minutes, probably total yeah. of effects, you which see, is what every see... found footage movie at the time employed. And in that genre, it's all about just like, obfuscation building tension when you can and and making something believable right i would say that that was achieved i just like i didn't feel any tension i felt nothing fair enough. and just like and then this clear as day what happened to them is that the loch ness monster attacked their boat this is a giant (laughs) boat the thing is in absolute tatters (laughs) fucking and then it cuts to like the chief of this fucking loch ness police and he's like the last thing I want to any... I, I can't do a Scottish accent. I'm going to try. But he's <laughs> basically... Like you were just, just going back in <laughs> I can't not. He's just like yelling at the top of his lungs. Like, the last thing I want is anyone to imply that this was the Loch Ness Monster. It was clearly just a boating accent. It's like, dude, you just saw... The thing... It would be like the fucking monster from Cloverfield stepped on a boat. And right. being like, oh, it, it just it hit, a, it hit a bad wave. Sure. And Zach Penn's there like, well, I don't know if we really saw... The Loch Ness Monster, but it was like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> he never saw it, dude. What the fuck? He never saw it. Yeah, but you were on a boat that got hit by a like, fucking dinosaur. Yeah, many times. <laughs> um, I also appreciated in this movie just hearing Werner Herzog go, Tynosaur. That was for hearing um, a foreign artor say dinosaur, 10 out of 10. Yeah, if you like, if you're a fan of Werner Herzog. Yeah. This is a must. You should watch this. I wouldn't say it's a must. This I would is a say must. if they ever add it to quote a str- Dan Ender. If they add it to a streaming service in which you can watch it without paying three ninety nine, yeah. by right. all means. <laughs> but <laughs> in a in a world in which I pay for many streaming services and mm-hmm. then topped five bucks on top of it to watch this, I got very minimal bang for my buck. Eh. And, um, uh, no, you know what. <laughs> You got bang for your buck, bro. Are you kidding I was, me? I wasn't. I wasn't he like shot a dinosaur. I, I wasn't palpably <laughs> angry the way I okay. was after. Well, that's why it's a five. Yeah, because right. it's not a real movie, but like it is better than things that we've had to sit through that are that have nothing to pull onto. Like again, like I think that this movie has a lot to share with the movie. Yeah, I'm just like universe. not sure who this movie's for. Like. The the cross section for me yeah right it the, is for directly the Democrat, me the Democrat Democrat the demographic <laughs> of person who would latch onto this movie is so fucking specific <laughs> and I don't know how they got funding for this <laughs> um you know uh, I think it was made by a bunch of rich Jews for uh, another bunch of rich Jews made by a Nazi and it was enjoyable. <laughs> I felt I felt compelled by this one, um, and I would suggest that if you can get a hold of this one, you should experience it. It is very funny and insane, and just an, an insane moment in film history. Yeah. So for all you Fitzcarraldo fans, strap in. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> Dan, would you like to add anything else to the discussion of Incident at Loch Ness, two thousand and four, directed by Zach Penn, written by Zach Penn? Um. I just, I feel like we should do more movies that people have seen (laughs) slash will watch. You think so? I'm having like an existential crisis. Like, who are we doing this for? Like, look at the quality of that sound mixer. (laughs) Who is this for, Dan? Again, me. Like, Dan went through a cycle of 
Well, who would watching movies? Who would don't say a word in Ed before? Dude, everyone saw Don't Say a Word when it came out. I don't know if that's true. Everyone's, I think everyone's just seen the trailer. Everyone saw Ed as a kid, besides you. I did not. I didn't even know that existed. Well, everyone who played and Little League saw you, Ed Dan, as a kid. Having seen half of it, it is fucking terrifying. <laughs> that that monkey is gonna be in my nightmares, dude. Without I'm a doubt. Thinking, think about the quality of person in the rental zone. Yeah. They see a poster for or a, a screenshot yeah, for yeah, a yeah. new movie blues episode. Uh-huh. And Continue. It's, and it's this. Yes. Surely they scroll past. I like now I if, would if, not. If what they see No, Andre might listen to this episode. Maybe. It's probably his favorite Werner Herzog film. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But <laughs> they scroll past and see uh, Matt LeBlanc with a monkey and a baseball bat. They're listening to that episode. I don't know. We'll see. Let's find out. We'll do Ed, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you our total listeners on both. You don't need to tell me. I have access. So I need people <laughs> to really stand for this episode. I'm gonna need everybody to flock in on Incident on Loch Ness. Yeah, shout out to the flock. Gonna definitely pitch this one as the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use that card for the month. Um, okay, um, I think I'm pretty good on this one. Think yeah. so? Yeah, I'm. I'm... This movie has already left my memory banks. <laughs> Once again, uh, I'm Dan Lyons. Dan under. And uh, anything else you want to add to the end of this one, Dan? I no, see. I don't have a baby sample. Really? No, I don't, because you are the one who creates them. It'd be like I'm not. Re- the samples are not meant to replace you. They're meant to enhance the moment. But you could have taken a sample of me saying baby and added a bunch of reverb and shit and done it. Baby. Like on yeah, baby. <laughs> cut wait was that like the yahoo song yeah like baby yeah that's exactly nice what it was. nice i love that yeah nice, love that for you nice pull <laughs>